Hey there, I'm Mitch Reynolds. This is Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. Thanks for joining me here this afternoon and this evening. Uh, you can do so on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608 785 We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. But the Better Hearing Center talk and text line works really well at 608 785 If I um, sound familiar to you, that's because I was in here this morning as well. And uh, you may note that um, our people poll question from this morning, which will be for tomorrow, I guess, has something to do. Eh, it's kind of, I guess it's for tomorrow or tonight. I mean, depending on, I'll probably talk about it tomorrow. At any rate, uh, it has something to do with tariffs and trade and Harley Davidson. So go look it up. It's wisdomnews.com. Uh, it was... Um, Perfect, a uh, perfect day for drying clothes. I don't know if anybody noted that. You know when you have those days where it's 80 degrees and it's not terribly humid and the wind is blowing? That's pretty much an outdoor dryer. That's all that is. Yeah, I don't, you know, if you hadn't, if you didn't take advantage of that, man, you missed. Because it was perfect. Not so perfect for uh, kind of that you know, I had that. I had about an hour and a half today that I was able to crawl into the boat and uh, troubleshoot with the starter and determine that, in fact, and it's, I think it just it happens over the winter. You know, things just there's moisture and then it freezes and then it and then something happens and all of a sudden your solenoid doesn't work. So now I gotta. Now I got to get under. I got to get in, do the whole thing where you're crawling up underneath, and there's no where, no possible way you possibly can get your hands underneath there. But that's what I'm gonna do. So I got to do replace the whole thing. So that's what. It, uh, not a perfect day for that. Just FYI, the perfect day for that is actually in April, but it was snowing then. So, and then May got busy, and now it's June, and then it'll be Labor Day, and I'll have it in the water. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Anybody want to buy a boat, by the way? Because it's man, ooh, that baby. <laughs> Whoa, um, classic at this point. It's a classic, classic. Just a reminder. Uh, uh, I had a, a call from someone who asked me to remind you that uh, uh, way better to not violate no wake rules in uh, the county of La Crosse. Uh, only because there's tickets involved, right? And you're going to want to because it's... So tomorrow, not great weather-wise. We're still holding out hope that Moon Tunes is still going to be able to have a, an opportunity to be on stage regardless of what the weather looks like tomorrow. Well, no, chances are it's going <laughs> to... Uh, yeah, we don't know. It's we got, At this point, we're 90% showers. So hopefully that's not... When I wake up in the morning, I'm hoping that's not what it looks like. Because Greg Balfany tomorrow. What? Anyway, um, so, yeah. But when you, other than tomorrow, it is obviously that uh, time of year when if you are a boater, and there are those of you, plenty of those of you out there who are boating, that you 
don't see any reason why you should not boat and boat quickly. But I was asked to remind you that over 10 feet, 10 feet and over is the limit for wakes. That's not including that whole giant section in front of Riverside Park and La Crosse. That doesn't include that. That all that's that's that way all the time. But everything else, any developed area. Now the weird thing is, and somebody pointed this out to me today, and I appreciate that. The weird thing about this county ordinance related to no wake zone is that it's not specific to the body of water. It's developed areas along waterway, but it does it's not specific to body of water. So it really could be any body of water in La Crosse County. Makes you scratch your eyeballs a little bit. We're looking into that, by the way. All right, so uh, trade, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, the the uh, um, the topic of our, our our people poll question for tomorrow involves uh, President Trump and trade and you know tariffs and whatnot. So, with that in mind, I do have a I I asked a. Senator Kathleen Vinout to give us a call. So she's going to join us very shortly. We'll come back with her. We'll talk to her a little bit about that and some other issues as well. More to come. Stick around right here on Wisdom. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. And you can join me on the air on the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line at 608-785-7914. And on the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line right now is none other than State Senator Kathleen Vinout from uh, the 31st District, right? No. What yep. district is it? 31st. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Just yep. uh, Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. I'm doing well. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. I want to ask you first, just just out of the gate. Um, obviously, a couple of uh, uh, candidates dropping out of the race for governor right away. Now, I, just for those who don't know, Kathleen Vinout is uh, running for governor as a Democrat. She is now one of eight who will be um, gladly accepting your votes on August fourteenth. Uh, Dana Walks and Andy Gronick both dropping dropping out. Uh, two two people in two days. What what does that say about the race at this point? Well, it's it's a very intense race, and it takes a, a lot of resources. It, the two candidates that dropped out are both awesome guys. I really enjoyed working with them. Dana, of course, is is the rep, one of the three reps in my Senate seat. Yep. So we've worked together closely over the years. They were running a bit different kind of campaign than I was. I'm running a very grassroots, volunteer-oriented campaign. I'm a farmer from Buffalo County, so I don't have a lot of money. But both of the guys sunk a lot of money into their campaign, and they had a lot of paid staff, and that. That meant that they had to decide, do I want to put a lot more of my own personal money into the campaign? And they both decided not to. Uh, on the other hand, I have volunteers all over the state that are helping out in a in a real different kind of a campaign, much, much more grassroots run. And so it it, it wasn't it, it was a it's a, just a different kind of situation. Okay. We do have a, a tight field, and uh, I think the recent poll showed 
that undecided is way ahead. So if folks haven't made up their mind yet, they have a lot of company. There's a whole lot of people out there that haven't made up their mind, which means it's wide open for the candidates to go out there and find people and and get them convinced to first vote for them and then second to help volunteer. I think there was a that, that Marquette University Law School poll that was just released. I think it got a lot of attention uh, with uh, Tony Evers uh, with the twenty five. I think it was twenty five percent of you know those who were polled. You know, the, and he's, I think undecided he's the guy. was right. almost forty. Right, right. But and, and that's the thing is that there's this. This is one of those situations where although that guy's got some name recognition because he's been on a statewide ballot, there is an opportunity for really anybody else at this mm-hmm. point to to surge ahead based on and this is what I'm going to ask you based on what Kathleen what what has to happen for you or any of the other candidates well the people need to pay attention and and that's happening we're very blessed in this race with a lot of groups that are doing candidate forums. I I had one yesterday in Mequon, the Milwaukee suburbs. I was up in Green Bay for the the day before. Tomorrow I'm going to Kashina, which is in the Menominee Nation. And then um, after that, we're back in Madison doing one on conservation and the environment. So there's a lot of opportunities for people to see the candidates in person or to pick up the the feed, if, if they have an internet connection, which, of course, a lot of us have a crappy internet connection, and we couldn't watch a live feed on Facebook, but there's all kinds of opportunities that haven't been in other races. So that, in, in some ways, that helps an unknown candidate, because having a big event, we had about 300 people at the event last night in Mequon, mm-hmm. it it attracts the television cameras. It attracts the media, and and people come, and that's that's they're they're making their decision based on actually being able to shake hands with the candidates, listen to them all together on the same stage, and that's a very different kind of race than we've seen in the last couple of years for governor, where the candidates, you know, you only had one or two, and 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 uh, they spent a lot of money on TV ads, and. Not some of the TV ends weren't very pleasant, and people didn't really <laughs> like them because they were kind of negative. Yeah. So getting to see people in person and hear what they're actually going to do is just—I I think it's an awesome way to have to, to make your decision on who you're going to vote for. Kathleen Vineout, state senator, candidate for governor in Wisconsin. Uh, Kathleen, when you look around at the rest of the field, there are eight of you as uh, Democratic candidates for governor. Do you look around and start to think, okay, who's next? Who's dropping out next? Well, I, I, I wouldn't want to say, but I think it's possible the people that have been in the race not quite as long as the other people. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll okay. see. We'll see. I so how many, how, 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 many, how many will drop out before the primary? What's your bet? I don't think too many more. Okay. Maybe one or two. Okay. All right. Uh, that will, will that or will that not include you? No, absolutely not. No, okay. no, no. Under no, con- <laughs> under no condition. In this to the end, you you and your maybe you know, but your listeners should know that I last summer had to make a decision to either. 
go for a, a reelection for my fourth term yeah. or in the Senate or to run for governor. My seat is always up when the governor's seat is, is up. So right. I could not, by state law, I could not do both. So I made the decision uh, late last summer to run for governor and then file the papers. When I filed papers to get on the ballot, I filed the papers to not run for Senate. So I, I am in this with both feet in the deep end. I want to ask you about the Supreme Court uh, no decision, basically, on redistricting. Uh, I'm wondering, is this, will this at all be an issue in this, uh, in this campaign? I don't think it has been too much yet. Will it be at all? And, and, and if so, how much? Well, I, I, think, I think people do, on both sides of the aisle, do want nonpartisan redistricting. At most of the public forums and and uh, debate type events I've been at, that people ask the question, "Are you in favor of it?" We, as a as a democracy, we want our vote to count. So no matter what side of the aisle you're on, people don't like politicians drawing maps to figure out what people they want. They want to pick the, the, the local elected leaders. They don't want the leaders to pick them. them. So I, I I think this is one of those issues that we can get support on both sides of the aisle. And I'm hopeful as governor that I can use the bully pulpit to clearly state we all agree in, 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 as population that we do not want these gerrymandered districts. And we, I want to see that bill on my desk. As senator, I have supported and co-sponsored that bill. And not all Democrats agree, and, and a few Republicans do agree. And I think if we had a split house of Senate in, in one party and assembly in the other, I think we could get that done. All right. Uh, Kathleen Vinow, she's a state senator and a, a candidate for governor in the state of Wisconsin. Um, there has been an impact in Wisconsin in relation to uh, what we have seen as an escalating level of tariffs imposed on foreign goods and then retaliatory tariffs announced by like the EU and China and things like that. They seem to be having an impact on Wisconsin, certainly the news today from Harley Davidson that they're shifting production overseas, but also Wisconsin farmers. I know, kind of a federal level, there's not there's not a ton that you can do about it other than try to encourage. You know, if you were governor, you'd be encouraging the president to maybe do something else or or stay the course. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it would be. What do you think should happen? Well, this is this is a dangerous path to go down, and certainly as governor, I would tell the Trump administration to slow down because at risk is the one of the key parts of our economy, and well, really two of the the top two, and that's agriculture and manufacturing. We saw what happened with Harley Davidson. We we see that that the um, manufacturing has been targeted, but so has agriculture. Wine has been targeted and whiskey has been targeted. And although we don't have a great big, huge whiskey industry, we certainly have a growing wine industry. And what what I fear is that $150 billion in, in annual exports that, that is at stake nationwide, I fear that that is going to come home to Wisconsin on top of an already depressed milk price. So when you look at the 
pieces of the pie that are Wisconsin agriculture. Dairy has the biggest piece of the pie. But when we talk about other com- commodities like like corn and soybeans, that's still a, those are big pieces, and we already have depressed farm prices when it comes to dairy. I, I hear almost daily about farmers who 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 can't pay their bills because the cost of production is much higher than than the price they're getting from from the creamery. And now with with possibly problems going into the fall and the harvest season. And and from a public policy perspective, where do you where do you stop? Once you start this war, where do you stop? How do you stop the escalation? What what who has to be hurt before you stop the trade war? And I think that's a question that should have been asked before the president started down this road. And right now, who's going to be hurt is Harley Davidson. Maybe next week, who's going to be hurt will will be the the wine industry. Maybe in the fall, who's who will be hurt will be the far, the rest of the farmers. I, this is a dangerous path to go down. We need to think of the consequences. I, I talked to a candidate for another office in western Wisconsin who said that this is, um, this is something that, uh, that for, uh, towards which farmers need to be a little bit patient because it's a strategy and it's a negotiating tactic and a ploy and that type of thing. Is there not something to that, that you kind of have to play hardball a little bit to, to get closer to what you want? Well, I can certainly see that argument, but when you take your corn to the granary and get the check, it and you know you haven't covered the cost of production and you've got an operating loan you've got to pay off, it's hard to say, wait a minute, maybe some guys are going to be better off in the end, but it's certainly not me and my family today. And, it's, and it becomes real. Part, Farmers, for the most part, are, are, are price takers, not price makers, and it's really tough. I spent ten years dairy farming, and and I, I, I would spend when I and I did all the the bills and the accounting, and and I would take the milk check and basically turn it into a whole bunch of checks for people in my neighborhood. So the. The farmer is supporting the local communities, the veterinarian, the implement dealer, the uh, the, the creamery. I, when you think about it, our our economy is especially outside of the city is based on agriculture, and if those farmers can't make it, other people are going to feel the effect of it. And right now, for example, uh, caterpillar is a good example of a yeah. of one of the. One of the and John Deere are, are examples of, of some of the manufacturers that are suffering under under the trade war. And what happens when folks, you know, they can't buy that? There's no way they're going to buy that new tractor this year. All right, Kathleen Vinell, running for governor in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Kathleen, who is uh, in no way dropping out of the race, is that correct? <laughs> Kathleen is in it to stay. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Kathleen Vinell, thanks for talking. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Take All right. care, yep. Bye now, Kathleen Vinell, Democrat from Alma. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, the state senator for the 31st Senate District, uh, running for governor, not for state senate. Uh, one of eight remaining of the Democratic uh, candidates for governor. Uh, people maybe, as she said, uh, if there were more people paying attention, this might uh, be something that um, where you see more movement in, uh, like the law, the Marquette University Law School, where uh, poll that was released last week that found nobody really knew anything about any of the candidates at this point. There's like Governor Walker and a bunch of people he's running against. Um, yeah, that'll change, but 
I don't I don't think it's gonna it's gonna be I I can't imagine it's June, right? Nobody's paying attention to the governor's race except people like you who are thinking about the the issues. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you'd like to join us here on the air, seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. Interesting talk about trade, though. Uh, you know, as as we mentioned earlier, the Harley Davidson uh, decision announced in a call today by the company that they were shifting production overseas. Um, in relation because of what's going on with what they're facing, uh, tariffs tariffs wise, tariffs wise jumping from like a 6% to a 31% tariff that they're facing. Um, they've, they've got to shift some production, so they're paying less in those tariffs when they're shipping motorcycles to Europe. I understand, and I didn't, Harley-Davidson apparently was not a very popular brand in Europe, and now it's becoming increasingly more so because of its cachet, because of its iconic label. It's a, it's a bit of a thing. So, yeah, I'd love to, where do you stand on this? Well, we're, we got statements today from Governor Walker, from Paul Ryan, from Wisconsin Senator Johnson, like key Republicans in the state of Wisconsin that are looking at this going, what are you doing? What are you doing with the tariffs, all right? Now we're shipping Harley-Davidson jobs to another country. Now, not we, Harley-Davidson is doing that. But uh, as uh, Ron Johnson um uh, his statement, unfortunately, this confirms my concerns and is a far too predictable outcome of policies that give companies like Harley-Davidson incentives to make their products elsewhere. We need to hold China accountable for its trade abuses, but that does not need to come at the expense of American workers and businesses. Where do you come off on that? You tell me, 608-785-7914, Lacrosse Talk PM on Wisdom Board comes to come around. When it's your car in the shop, you want the work to be top-notch and the parts to last. Your family depends on it. Across Talk PM on WYZM, I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. We did uh, have a story just earlier today. I mean, obviously, there's uh, this is a, one of the uh, big uh, stories in the news today in relation to business. Um, there's some concern out there. I was talking with someone um, earlier today that uh, was pointing at the Dow going, look, the market's. Trade war, Trump, all the connections there, right? You're making all the connections, but we, uh, the the story about Harley Davidson, I think is 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 one of those things that really, obviously Harley Davidson would not be the first American manufacturer in any kind of way to shift production overseas, and you can look at this and get a little bit too, go a little bit too bonkers about it for that very reason. There have this, you know, the the process of of moving manufacturing jobs to other countries has been going on for, you know, in, in a big way, actually we're sort of on the downside of that, but, uh, you know, in over the last 30 years, it's been pretty profound. The number of jobs that have gone from America to other places for any number of reasons, largely because of the cheaper labor, but a lot of other reasons as well. Regulations. And I mean, we, we know the list, uh, taxes are part of that. Um, so we, this is not, uh, this is, there's really, 
there's really nothing that is terribly new with of the in the concept of American manufacturing shifting production overseas or or frankly closing down factories and moving elsewhere. That's not something that is that unusual in our recent experience. But I think because this comes at a time, there's a reaction to what the the, the, the new tariffs that have been instituted by the EU in relation to uh, some very American type products. Harley Davidson happens to be one of them. And Harley Davidson, we have, we are, we have a connection to, there's a connection there. If you're in Wisconsin, there's some sort of connection there because it's a Wisconsin company. And it's, it does it, one of the questions is, does it serve as an indicator for other economic problems? And that's what, so the conversation I was having today in relation to that was like, yeah, well, it's look at the Dow, the Dow down trade Trump tariffs. I don't, you know, you you can look at um, you can also look at at what free markets, how free markets have, what they've done in relation to other parts of the American economy well, free trade, if you will, because free trade, as as many have pointed out, and especially you know, the president has been one of those who's pointed this out, free trade is not fair trade. And there is a major concern that the trade deals that the United States or the, how tr- United States is treated in trade is is very unfair. I did get an email, too, from a business owner, a small manufacturer, in um, in this area, uh, because I I asked our our for those of you who don't know I I worked uh, I was in the studio this morning, and we selected a people poll question in relation to the trade, the tariffs and trade and Harley Davidson and moving jobs overseas and whether you believe that the short term negative impact on say jobs on farmers the short-term negative impact will have over the long term a much better impact on those same groups of people on manufacturers and those who work manufacturing jobs to more to the point farmers and everybody else in the long run is it going to be better for them if for now president's administration pursues a bit of a trade war so that's that forms the people poll question, which you can find at wisdomnews.com. That, that is the basis for that. So this listener asked, uh, will the tariff fights ultimately have a good long-term effect the way he's handling it? I don't think so. Trump has created an us-versus-the-world situation, which does not put America in a position of strength. By imposing tariff increases all over the world, he has weakened our position against any one particular country slash trade group. Better would have been to choose one particular marketplace, China being the obvious one, and put direct pressure there. As Senator Johnson says, we could have had help from other nations also facing unfair trade with China. After a bit of a win against the Chinese market, it would have been easier to gain concessions with other marketplaces. After all, if you can get China to make concessions, what other significant mar- marketplace could be tougher? Not, uh, could be a tougher nut to crack than that. So, your thoughts on that? What does this do ultimately in the long term for America? Make better trade arrangements? Is 
what, you know, the anecdotal stories we have of manufacturers, some manufacturers having to slow production, uh, farmers taking it on the chin. Are these stories worth the long-term benefit, if there is one, of, of um, helping to better balance trade and what that means, uh, again, in the long term for America. Let's go to the phone. 608-785-7914. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Ron. Uh, what's the story about the farmers taking it on the chin, I guess? I haven't heard uh, what's going on there. Well, there's been a number of different things. Among them, uh, soybean farmers are looking at lower prices for their soybeans. Um, but how is that related to the tariff? Because from what I understand with the trade uh, agreements, China will be buying $90 billion worth of agricultural goods, uh, which is almost double what they uh, were last year. So $45 billion worth $90 billion. So I guess I don't understand how the farming well, the they farmers walked, are going they, to end up taking it on Yeah, the they, they walked that one back, the soybean thing, after the $200 billion um, trade or the $50 billion, sorry, I'm getting lost in the, the, which, which trade thing we're talking about. After the $50 billion announcement, China walked that one back. So uh, so that is not actually going to happen. Um, okay. So there's that. But, I, but and the again, issue there's, is, where is China going to get their soybeans from? Then? I mean, I we got to think about this before we just give in to every little bellyache, saying that the, the Dow moved, that must be the canary in the coal mine. Well, that's not how it works. I mean, there's no other country or combination of countries in the world who can produce and then get that production out to a shipping so that it can be shipped to China. There's nobody else that has that infrastructure in place. Mm -hmm. So they can bellyache all they want, but they're going to have to buy our soybeans. There's no other, there's no other source. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if any, I don't know if anybody's concerned about it. I've been getting in trouble. I mean, I've been, caused trouble by our politicians for many, many years, and now this is what it looks like when you come in to turn it around and try to get them a better deal. Don't give up now, mm-hmm. just because of a little belly. I mean, China can threaten all they want, but there is no way they're going to be able to get that, that amount of, of agricultural goods from any other combination of countries. For one, they don't grow it. For two, there's no infrastructure in place to get it out. So, let's just Keep our heads down, keep plowing on, and let's get these problems fixed that have been ruining our country for 20 years. Okay. Well, 30, I'd go. <laughs> yeah, I would too. It's closer, to, it's closer to 30. I mean, it's not quite 30, but it's closer to 30 than it is to 20. Call China's bluff. You know, for, for okay. a long time, they've been so, silently, silently waxing us off the planet, so we need to call their bluff. Yeah, they do. They have a plan for world domination in, in all of the areas of trade. There's no question about it. So, again, they own our biggest pork producer. All right, they own Smithfield Pork, which is our biggest pork producer in America. And now they're starting to buy up the land. So they're going to own the companies, then they're going to own the land. Does anybody, is anyone alarmed at that? I mean, there's probably a couple people, yeah. Uh, all right, so well, you're... No, no, it's Trump, 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 Trump. Well, Trump's trying to fix this before, you know, okay. we're using the end. All right, these are the, the long-term effects, are the long-term benefits. If there's any, including the Harley-Davidson shift in production or anything else that we've heard about, that's the one driving Harley Davidson has made a killing in the last 15 years of how many people have gotten into buying their motorcycles. If they can't give, and I know all, all Republicans are going to get on me about this, but if they can't give up a little profit to get through this bellyache here, 
then that's their own problem. People should stop buying motorcycles if they're going to come out and announce that they're going to move out of here. Just like Burger King announced, they're no longer going to have their tax, you know, their their uh, corporate headquarters in America so that they don't have to pay the tax. You know, right. like people need to start waking up to this stuff. Don't get on their side. Don't buy those own motorcycles if they don't want to produce here. Okay. And I look, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. A lot of stuff there. Uh, 608-785-7914. We'll move on. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Good, mo- uh, good afternoon, Mitch. Hey. <clears throat> I am a farmer. Oh, okay. And, um, so what, what do you farm? I'm pretty aware. Pardon? What do, you, what do you farm? What's on your farm? Well, we used to have cattle, but uh, now we have soybeans and corn. Okay. So, um, but there's something here that when, when they... Um, uh, uh, blame the tariffs for the low prices of milk and and the, and the commodities. Um, if you recall, if you pick up the paper just about every day, you will see that another farm, uh, pork producer, or or a milking parlor is has been added, and and they're in the numbers of ten thousand cows, mm. and and so. The small farmer can't even compete with this. And, and these are people who are business people. Like we have a local businessman here who has a huge pork uh, producing operation. I believe it's in Kansas. Now, the government uh, has subsidies to guarantee prices for corn and soybeans. I don't, the public really doesn't even know that. So that if the prices fall below their guaranteed price, the farmer is given a check for the difference of that. Price, but um, the tariffs are not at fault for for the low prices of milk. Just look at at, at uh, California. Um, it used to be where cows used to live 15 years. Uh, now they never walk outside. They their lifespan is about four years. They're always standing inside and they, they mm-hmm. melt mm-hmm. three, four, five times. I mean, and these are huge operations. One guy said that um, the cows never get out, but one day. The electricity went out, so they let the cows out to fix this, the, the problem. And the one cow was so happy, it jumped up in the air and dropped dead of a heart attack for being allowed to go outside. <laughs> um, but, uh, again, getting back to the basics here, we also have newer countries that are growing more. They're, they're chopping down more of the forest land, uh, tropical forests in different parts of the world sure. yep. to grow corn yep. and yep. soybeans yep. so that... that I mean, it's called supply and demand. Mm -hmm. You only have so much demand. And and so we're taking it on the cuff here because these other countries are are now getting involved. We used to be the elephant in the room, this country, in other words. But but now they've they've, they've moved it out. The soybean, so soybean prices have been, I mean, you can, you can look at the charts have been spiraling downward over the last several weeks. So that's not, you know, shutting, cutting down forest in Brazil. Well, the the production is there, and the the demand is not there now. For a while, there um, Russia used to buy more, but because we're intimidating them, so they were huge producers of our products. Mm. Um, plus, uh, they don't want the GMO. This is genetically modified organism, um, and and they Russia does not want it because it says it's harmful for its. Um, okay. Uh, citizens and so is, is, is Europe is not taking this. All right. But so what? So what? What I'm hearing you say is that this what we're that what we've been hearing from farm market analysts and others 
that um, the the tariffs and and retaliatory tariffs are having a significant impact on soybean prices. You're saying that's not true. Well, first of all, do you know what a tariff is? A tariff is a tax. Now, I don't see that people are cutting back on gasoline because it's gone up here. Um, they, they will take it, and you will. This is just kind of another um, shuffling the nut under the shell. It, it, it's, it's something to blame Trump with. Okay. What he's trying to do is that um, this country, to level the playing field so that the other countries in the world would obtain jobs to, to uh, have MasterCard. The object is to get people to... Uh, the, the world bankers do not want to own all the land in the world. They want to okay. own the mortgages to them. Sure. So they needed to uh, level the playing field and bring the jobs overseas to these other smaller countries, the third world countries, so that they would get on purchasing things through the MasterCard. So they brought the... Uh, they, 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 there was a okay. tariff placed on American goods to give them a, a, a better field. All right. I got you, Effie. I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 608-785-7914. Let's go to Tom. Tom, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Well, first of all, Trump, as I said before, does not want any kind of trade war. He knows tariffs are a bad deal, and he does not want them. But he does want a fair deal. And if the American politicians and people would... Just a little, just relax a little bit and quit complaining about moving Harley Davidson out of the country. Uh, Trump would accomplish a lot more, a lot quicker. You asked uh, the previous caller about futures. Why are soybean prices dropping? That's mainly. First of all, there's a certain amount of soybeans in the world, and if we sell them to anybody else, China is still going to get soybeans, and everybody's going to get their soybeans, and the prices won't change much, no matter what tariffs happen. But here's what's important to know about the futures market. The bean prices and corn prices in this country are manipulated by about three great big companies. And right now they know they're, they're dropping, their, they can establish future prices because they're the ones that are buying these products and they are dropping their prices because for two reasons. One, because they want the upper hand, they're going to make more money, and because yeah, they're a little bit uneasy and so they are just uh, paying less for futures. And Mitch, you asked the other day about futures. Futures are all the farmers, all the big farmers I know, and I know a lot of them, they sell the majority of their crops on the, to the futures market. That means they're, the crop are in the field and growing today, they're already a bunch of them are already sold for this fall to a market someplace. And just like those, if it's ADM or Cargill or whoever is buying those, they are also selling those uh, based on, on some kind of future. Right. Yeah. No, I, I didn't actually ask about that, but I appreciate the call. 608-785-7914. Right back. This is where Lacrosse Talks. Lacrosse Talk PM with Mitch Reynolds. Back in minutes on WYZM. News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Tax season is come and gone, but if you have kids, you're entitled to an even larger rebate. Right now is the time to f- Wednesday through Saturday, building homes, community, and hope. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. We asked the question of uh, the long-term benefits of trade policies of the Trump administration versus whatever short-term negative impacts there are. Um, a couple callers already saying there are no short-term negative impacts, that um, the uh, crisis or any any 
uh, pain being caught by being felt by farmers is something that's manufactured in um, the media. Uh, that uh, falling soybean and corn prices have uh, nothing to do with the uh, trade war. So, if the if the very the very premise might be flawed in that question, according to some of our callers already, is that if because there is no according to them there is no actual short term uh, issues from uh, trade uh, from tariffs. Let's put it that way. Uh, and, and then there's that, there are, we have a couple of comments on Facebook that are related to this. Uh, somebody said, uh, looks like Harley Davidson's loyalty is to their wallet book and not to America and the American people. I wonder what the effects this will have, what effects this will have on Americans when they go to buying a Harley. I'd say zero, zero effects, none. There are not going to, there's not going to be anybody that is going to say, you know what? I'm not buying a Harley because they're shifting production overseas. That's just not going to happen. What is your other option? What's your, what are you going to, you going to go buy an Indian or like, how about a Royal Enfield instead of a Harley? Probably not. This is wisdom. I'm a trend on tomorrow to come stick around. Your business is ready. Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom, I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608 is the Better Hearing Center Talk, text line 785-7914, also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410wyzm.com. This hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery and Lacrosse. Pearl Street Brewery, wonderful people making exceptional beer. Also providing us a space last week to have our Pearl Street Brewery live show, which I enjoyed very much. Look forward to doing that again at some point. Uh... If you'd like to keep up with things that are going on at Pearl Street Brewery, feel free to download their free app to your phone. It's filled with information, and it is free. If you'd like to join me here on the air, it's 608-785-7914, We're also on Facebook, again, and Twitter, and you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410wyzm.com. A number of comments coming in in relation to trade. Uh, the Harley-Davidson uproar that has happened today in relation to the uh, Milwaukee company shifting, announcing it was going to, well, in a, I guess, a regulatory filing, if I'm not mistaken, announcing it was going to shift some production overseas. Faced with tariffs that had increased by five times, it, I guess, from the company perspective, the prudent action to take. It sparked our question to you, you can find on our website at wisdomnews.com, in relation to whether any short-term hit to the economy or business or workers or any of that from the whatever is caused by tariffs, if any of that is, or all of it, is worth the long-term benefits, if, they, if there are benefits to reworking some trade arrangements. Uh, and that was part, that was essentially our people poll question for, uh, for tomorrow. And it's on our website at wisdomnews.com. Uh, and so I'm, 
We heard earlier from someone who's running for governor about that very issue, and Governor Walker has chimed in, and, and, and uh, the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, Wisconsin Congressman Paul Ryan, and Wisconsin Senator Debron Johnson have all said that, hey, uh, free trade better, you know? And they're not being heavily critical of the president. I think they've stopped doing that. But what they are saying is that this is not, from their perspective, this is Ron Johnson and Paul Ryan and Scott Walker, the highest profile Republicans in the state of Wisconsin, from their perspective, not the way to go. Not Harley Davidson's moves, but the tariffs and then retaliatory tariffs that have caused that company to shift production to another or to plan to shift production to another country. I'd love to hear whether you think this is, if this shifts the conversation any kind of way, or are you, as we've heard from a number of callers already, you know what? Stick to your guns. This is going to be fine. Better trade is on the way. It's, uh, you know, as, as I, I can't remember who that was. I, a caller said, quit your belly aching. This little belly ache is going to be well worth it in the future. Is that your perspective? Are you looking at this with some nervousness? I'll take your call. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. There is uh, more to come. Stick around right here on Wisdom. Good evening for WisdomNews.com. I'm Drew Kelly. The road to change your bus tour swing. The Crosstalk PM and Wisdom, I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. We're also on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410wizm.com. It's interesting because uh, there's uh, looking at some trade and uh, tariff issues that the, it seems like the big news of the day, or it really is the big news of the day. It depends on who you ask, really. In relation to tariffs and trade is that Harley-Davidson based in Milwaukee, shifting production overseas. Now, I don't, it does not, I'm not entirely sure if this means that they're shedding jobs or if it's just, I, I don't I don't know. We don't know yet. That's the thing. We don't know yet what this means other than ramping up production elsewhere to avoid tariffs that are coming from the EU. Which is interesting because when you think about global companies, and how they operate and how it's so much different now than what it was even 30 years ago. There's such a significant difference with how interwoven uh, countries and corporations, how there's just, there's so, the multinational corporation is, is kind of the norm, at least for the bigger ones, right? And not just... You know, putting the whole motorcycle together and shipping it overseas, but sourcing the parts for all of that. True with cars too, because you're not you're not building a you know whatever a Ford Mustang with all the stuff that you got in the back room. You have you're sourcing parts from multiple different uh, providers, and those can come from Canada and Mexico and other places. And you're putting it all together in a Ford Mustang, and then that car is made in America. 
even though a significant number of the components within the car are not made in the United States. And I, I would imagine, I don't know what what foreign components there are in a Harley-Davidson, and maybe there aren't any. But they can they can build them in one of their factories overseas and bypass the tariffs in the EU. So take those manufacturing jobs that would be in, in America and put that elsewhere, which is really, when you look at what Foxconn is doing in Wisconsin, they are... They pretty much are winning this because they ain't going to face no tariffs. (laughs) They're building their stuff in the U.S. It's worth every dime they're investing. I remember when, you know, when when this, uh, let's see, when this presidential race was young, and so we're going back to 2015, and and first the conversations were about you know, trade and free trade versus fair trade and um, and how corporate the corporate corporations had had really taken advantage of free trade to um, optimize profits at the expense of kind of the little guy. Really, and that was the conversation, part of the conversation anyway, that we were having, and that people like people who are have been opponents to some of the free trade excesses of the last twenty some years, guys like Bernie Sanders was he was part of the conversation. Donald Trump was certainly part of the conversation, and this is one of those things where, you know, you there are so many people who have felt like they've been injured by free trade as it is exercised now that pushing, you know, pushing some tariffs on some products and forcing China to redo some of its, how it does business and maybe, maybe changing some things so that there is some protection for American manufacturers that for a lot of people seems like a good idea. I don't it seems unlikely that we'll be able to put the free trade genie back in the bottle. That seems unlikely to me. It doesn't mean we can't. It just means that it seems like that's that doesn't mm, I feel like we that might be a little bit difficult to do. Uh listener says uh Harley's decision is understandable but I see but mm, I see profits before patriotism. Give it a little time. Just maybe the president knows what he's doing. In the immortal words of Aaron Rodgers, relax. I don't, is there ever a time, how many, all right, there is a time, but how often does patriotism really come before profits? How often does that actually happen? Not how often do, do does, you know, car manufacturers create an ad campaign to make you think it's happening, but how often does it actually happen? I would challenge you to, to come up with a legitimate example of a company that, that actually does that, that does not put profits ahead of patriotism. You would have to have a corporate culture that demands that. And I don't, that does, mm, I would venture to say that doesn't exist. 
Let's see. Dana says Harley Davidson business decision, I'm guessing, was made way before these tariffs took place. I don't know what. Maybe. I don't know why. I don't know what leads you to believe that. I guess because it would be convenient to believe that. Most countries have tariffs on us and our market is free. Uh, your guests should consider what happened. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. All right. This was, goes back to our conversation with Kathleen Vineout last hour. Uh, she is not kind of like, um, let's see, uh, like, uh, uh, well, Governor Walker today and Senator Johnson today and um, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan today, all key Republicans in the state of Wisconsin because obviously this has a this has an impact, at least at the very least, a psychological impact within the state of Wisconsin. When Harley Davidson says, "Yeah, we're shifting production overseas," uh, that at least has some level of uh, psychological impact on the state of Wisconsin because Harley Davidson's based in Milwaukee, right? It is a it is one of the most iconic American brands, and it's based in Milwaukee, so it's going to have it's going to have some sort of impact at least on the conversation. So uh, that uh, Kathleen Vineout also agreeing with Senator Ron Johnson, not saying that, but agreeing with Senator Ron Johnson that, that she doesn't like this process or how the president is doing it. Slow down, she said. And this listener says, your guest should consider what happened to our jobs the last eight years. Something has to be done as other countries tarring the crap out of us. I don't know. Tarring the crap out of us? Okay. That sounds painful, frankly. That sounds painful. Hey, I'd, I'd like everyone to remember, and you know, I don't know how long, how much longer this goes. I mean, a lot of economists have predicted, and economists get this wrong all the time, but a lot of economists have, have predicted a mini-recession, which we are, by the way, long overdue for, a mini-recession in 2020. There's going to be some contraction of the economy in 2020. That is what the, there's, that's a lot of, Economists are predicting that, and I don't know. Not I don't know if it's a consensus. I don't think it is, but I've seen it a few times that 2020 looks be, and and they're and they they look at a lot of different numbers that I frankly uh, try to. I get it. I understand it. I don't know if I can repeat it. Uh, but that's what you know. That's the suggestion that there's there's we're looking ahead and we're seeing something that might look like a recession in 2020. So one of the fears that has been expressed is that if that is in fact something that happens, that if you are in the middle of a situation, a trade war where you have, where you have trade around the globe slowing down, then that can make that recession worse than it would have to be. Because at this point, it looks like a slight downturn. That some of the projections that I've seen, it looks like a slight downturn. And then maybe it won't, and maybe... And the things that we can't see are that maybe things get way better in between here and then, if in fact something happens then, things get way better for trade in between now and then, that that means that that recession is delayed in some way. And that's, the, the, I think that, I, I don't know what that looks like. I haven't seen anything that, I don't get it, but <laughs> I, don't know if I, I don't know if I buy it. But... A lot of a lot of theories, but I, I like the listener that says relax. There's only so much you can do about it anyway. It's it is when you look at Harley Davidson again because it's because it's key 
to maybe not the economy of the state of Wisconsin because it's it's big, but it's not that big. It's um, it's key to almost the psyche of Wisconsin, right? And we don't know, at this point, we don't know what sort of production they're shifting overseas either. And I think it's worth noting that it's possible it's they, they're using this as a, in a just, just like, like a negotiating tactic, right? It, repeatedly, uh, people who don't mind the president's tactics say, look, just relax. These, this is the president playing hardball. Relax. And maybe this is Harley Davidson's way of saying, hey, we got these tariffs. We're going to shift some jobs. Maybe that's their negotiation, uh, negotiating tactic. I don't. I mean, clearly, they're the ones facing tariffs. They've been singled out. American motorcycles have been singled out. So I... Maybe that's not the case. A lot of maybes there. A lot of maybes. All right, your thoughts, 608-785-7914. Again, if you'd like to join us here on the air, uh, lacrosse talk, BMW. On State Assembly members travel since 2015. Get the latest headlines delivered to your email inbox daily. Sign up to be a Wisdom Insider at our website, wisdomnews.com. For wisdomnews.com, I'm Drew Kelly. On air and online, this is Wisdom News, WIZM is News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. For more, check out the Wisdom website, 1410WIZM.com. I'm Mitch Reynolds, across Talk PM on WIZM, on the phone with Dallas Warner from First American Roofing and Siding. Dallas, if you're looking for a new roof, uh, there's no time like the present to give you a call, right? It's true, Mitch. You know, we don't always think about it, but um, our roofing season is pretty short. And it might be beautiful outside right now, but uh, winter is just around the corner, and we've been we've had a pretty busy year. Uh, things don't look like they're going to be slowing down, and you know if you're, you're considering getting a new roof this year, uh, it would be a good time to give us a call now, get the process started, you know, and then we can get you on the schedule before you know before it gets too cold. Yeah, because there are some decisions to make if you're if you are dedicated to getting a new roof, you have to decide on materials and color and all that kind of thing. And all those things have to be decided and, and you've got to, you've got to plan ahead. Exactly. There's a lot of options available and that's what we can assist you in. There's different, different styles. Maybe you want to consider a metal roof and you just want to be able to give you ample time to make the right decision, you know, make the correct decisions. So, all right. uh, best thing to do, then go right online, uh, fill out an estimate request form, firstamericanroofing.com or give us a call. We're right up in Holman, uh, 783-3101. All right, Dallas Werner, First American Roofing and Siding. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dallas. Thanks, Mitch. All right. If you're looking, uh, thinking about getting a new roof, now would be the time to give them a call. No doubt about it. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center. Talk at text line 785-7914. More to come. Stick around. We know you don't. Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom, I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and uh, this evening. And this hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery and Lacrosse. Wonderful people making exceptional beer. If you'd like to know what they're up to, pretty easy to do. You just download the free app on your phone. Stay in touch. Keep in touch. Keep up, I guess, with Pearl Street Brewery 
in lacrosse. I'll be back in the studio tomorrow morning in for Mike Hayes. Uh, just as a, a heads up, there are the security grants to school districts uh, are starting to roll out in the state of Wisconsin are starting to roll out uh, slowly too. There's hundreds that applied for security grants through the uh, state program for, you know, the, the school security program. Let's put it that way. A uh, hundred million dollars worth of um, potential upgrades for school districts around the state of Wisconsin. So there's 735 applications for those grants. It's a competitive grant process. Um, there have been some that have been announced, like less than 10% have been announced. And I think the grant process is, I think the grants are simply being reviewed at this point. And uh, at any rate, we'll have, uh, we'll talk with the uh, head of, of, was it building and grounds and school safety, I think. Uh, Scott Johnson is his name. He uh, is in the Lacrosse School District. We'll talk with him about what the district is doing. Well, interesting that uh, Kenosha School District is is putting a, a system in place that will it's it's like spot shot it's uh, shot spotting basically. So there's sensors that they're putting up in the school that identifies when and where a firearm is discharged, and then there's like an automated response where it it locks doors and it makes automated, um, it, well, you know, obviously calls 911 right away, but the, the doors get locked automatically and, um, and there's uh, automated announcements that are made um, if, there's, if there's gunfire detected within the school. It's really interesting. Uh, so Kenosha is, and to this point, I think is the only school district that is doing that as far as I know in the state of Wisconsin with these new security grants but an interesting thing to put in a school isn't it that you have you know we've entered a time where you and it makes sense if if your concern is guns and and shooting in schools that makes sense if that's your if that's your concern or you know one of your concerns I guess but if there's if there's gunfire in a school being able to track it and identify properly identify it and then react to it through an automated process where you're locking doors and making announcements and calling the cops. That's pretty advanced stuff. I feel, I feel like there's also a high risk for failure in within that system. But, um, but it's, that's pretty intense. And that's what's in the school. That's those would be in the school building. So Kenosha has something like four dozen buildings, and that would be in the school buildings, in and around the school buildings for Kenosha. I don't. Um, so we'll talk to Scott Johnson about that tomorrow. Uh, also, uh, this this whole and uh, you may have noted or heard about the, the outbreak of the cyclospora or what's it called cyclosporiasis. And it's it all those tainted vegetables that uh, that wound up on the shelf at Quick Trip and and other places apparently, but but definitely at Quick Trip. Most of most of those that have been identified as causing sickness, those people got sick from eating the vegetables at Quick Trip, uh, which all of which have been pulled from the shelf. Del Monte has done the Del Monte company has done a recall, so all of it's been uh, hopefully. <laughs> 
hopefully everybody has just either thrown them out or done whatever they have to do to their vegetables so they're not eating them. But uh, interesting stuff about 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 that that I learned today that uh, I'll share with you uh, tomorrow in an interview with a... Uh, hmm, she is a... Something. Disease specialist at Gunderson. So that. And then, of course, we'll be on the road. I'll be at uh, La Crosse Technical Consultants in uh, on Alaska. So I'll be uh, I'll be on location there. And uh, please please feel free to join us. If you do, uh, if you want to be a part of the show tomorrow morning and would like to weigh in on our people poll question, we'll give you that opportunity. That people poll question is up on our website, the one that we put up this morning. And it's what we've been talking about here for the last, uh, since the beginning of the show, largely. And that's that idea about trade wars and, or uh, trade disputes or whatever the situation, whatever we have going on right now, which every, every economic negative is being blamed on what has, what is happening um, with President Trump and whatever he announces with tariffs. And whatever tariffs are being put in place and retaliatory tariffs as well. So, and you can look at, I mean, if you see soybean and I mentioned soybean prices because soybean prices have, yeah, they've, they've gone down substantially in, in the last several weeks, but today, another cratering of, well, that's not fair. Another drop in soybean futures for July and August in Chicago. Uh, corn futures also down I don't know if they're down today, but they're down overall. And then some other impacts on the on the economy as well. A lot of impacts on the ag economy. Not as much as uh, you know. And so far, it, it's it's not as significant, I think, than people were fearing. Or maybe it's. I guess it depends on where you're at and what you're doing and what you're selling. But a varying bunch of reactions to what looks like. I mean something. Reactions to something that has, um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing, we're seeing tariffs, right? We're seeing retaliatory tariffs and it looks as if the retaliatory tariffs are based on the tariffs, right? And it looks as if those are having an impact on certain industries. And then the news today that Harley Davidson is saying tariffs. So we have to move our, some of our production overseas. I had Kathleen talked to Kathleen Vino earlier today. Uh, you know, a number of people weighing in on this. I mentioned Senator Ron Johnson, who uh, who's not doesn't like this process with the tariffs, and said, "Unfortunately, this confirms my concerns and this far too predictable outcome of policies that give companies like Harley Davidson incentives to make their products elsewhere." We need to hold China accountable for its trade abuses, but that does not need to come at the expense of American workers and businesses. Ron Johnson would do things, and he said this, that he would do things differently than the president is doing them. He's not the president. Um, he's also said he doesn't want to undermine what the president is trying to achieve through things like tariffs and things like that. Uh, Kathleen Vinehout is also not a fan of what's occurring. But more so, be, with lessing, less having to do with manufacturing directly, 
and more how what she perceives as an impact on the ag sector in Wisconsin. This is Kathleen Vino. When you think about it, our our economy, is, especially outside the city, is based on agriculture. And if those farmers can't make it, other people are going to feel the effect of it. And right now, for example, uh, Caterpillar is a good example of a, right. of one of the one of the and John Deere are, are examples of, of some of the manufacturers that are suffering under under the trade war. And what happens when folks, you know, they can't buy that? There's no way they're going to buy that new tractor this year. I have I did not I have not evaluated those comments about John Deere and Caterpillar in any kind of way. I don't even know if their business is down, their business is up. I've got nothing at this point. I just talked to Kathleen Vineout last hour, and so her uh, claims about John Deere and Caterpillar, I, I I know nothing about at this point. So I maybe she looked at the their out you know their outlook and has some um, uh has a has some sort of projections on uh, Caterpillar and John Deere sales. I, I really don't know that in any kind of way. But there does appear to be some sort of impact on farms, or at least that's what the bl- the blame is going to whatever tariffs and ch- China soybeans and stuff like that. Uh, some people weighing in today saying, relax, it's not the end of the world. These are not things that are, that are you know, trade ending or anything that you have to necessarily worry about long term. And that is the the basically the basis of our um, of our uh, people poll question for tomorrow. And at the end of the day, I mean, what are the actual, you know, there, if, if farmers, if there is some significant impact on farming or farmers, you know, they're going to feel that personally, but is that something that you're going to feel? Are you going to feel that in your business? If you have, if you're a business owner, I did hear from a business owner who um, l- likes the the tax rate changes that were put in place by the federal government, signed into law by the president in December. But has this to say: uh, making America great again, one exported job at a time. He was hoping the tax rate changes would c- counteract that, but you don't save much in taxes when your revenue faces a significant decline due to external factors. Meanwhile, exported jobs don't always come back once the smoke clears. This is another person who said, many economists are already predicting a bit of a recession in the next couple of years, and this might make an inevitable recession deeper than it otherwise would be. And yet, recessions are inevitable. They don't have to be like the Great Recession, and chances are the next one won't be. And yeah, it's been years now. So the recession ended, I think, what, technically in 2009 or 2008? So 10 years of expansion from the, what is that, roughly the beginning of the Obama administration? That's a, that's a long economic expansion. Even slowly, as slowly as it's expanded, that's still a long economic expansion. They don't typically last that long. Uh, but that that fear of whatever we do just now could make it worse. But you could keep doing that forever. Everything, and just look at everything the president does. How is that going to make the next recession worse? Or make it better. That's the other thing. You can't make the assumption that it's going to make, you know, 
if there is a recession, I mean, when there is a recession, how does what happens now impact that? I challenge anybody to say definitively. Because I believe that you can't possibly know ahead of time what of all, all the variables are and how what the president does impacts that. Because what is happening now with fixing trade imbalances may have an v- incredible positive impact on the U.S. economy moving forward uh, into whatever the next recession is, whether that's 2020 or somewhere else. Let's go to the phones. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Go ahead, you're on. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, Mitch. Hey. Number three. How Hi are there. your knuckles after working on a boat? Well, you know, not bad. I do. Uh, yeah, it's. it was kind of disappointing today. I did a little troubleshooting and uh, identified the, uh, I, I do have to, I do have to change the starter after all, which is a little bit of a pain in yeah. a boat. It's not, it's not as easy in a, in a boat as it is in a, you know, Ford truck or something. Well, the happiest two days of boating is the day you buy it, the day you sell it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I've had some, I've had some about, good, good days in between, but yeah. Right, talking about tariffs, have yeah. you ever heard of surprise tariffs? Surprise tariffs, like surprise tariffs, like what? It's like this. I had some good friends, largest turkey processors in Minnesota. Okay, they got roughly a million pounds of turkeys over to the Asian market. Yeah, took a lot to get them all over across the pond. Okay, I, I would imagine, yeah. The guy calls up. He says, you want the good news or the bad news? The guy says, give me the good news. He said, well, the boat has landed. It's at the dock. The bad news is they just threw an eight-cent-a-pound tariff on the turkeys. Once it was there already? Once it was wow. there. Yeah. So were the turkeys... So that's were the, that's the, the way some of these countries treat the good old USA. Yeah, they're not... They're not China especially is bad, right. so bad, this bad. Is over the Asian market, I yeah. forget what country it was no. going to. Yeah. They're probably starving to death, but they thought they'd throw a tariff on here because we'd be dumb enough to pay it, right? No. Well, so isn't, I mean, going in, though, you know that if you're a business owner going in to your arrangements with China, you know that there's there may be some things like that coming your way, don't you? This, this was years ago. But right, I mean, it, but in, in general, the though. It would be just like a, a boatload of toasters coming here, and we said, oh, we're going to charge you $2 a toaster tariff. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, no, exactly. But happens with wheat. Yeah. So much a bushel, surprise tariff tax, they call it. Mm. You know what they are when you go over, there's probably two cents a pound tariff, but then when you get there, they... They put up a new one for you, see? So you're sitting there with a million pounds or 800,000 pounds of product that's perishable. So do you turn the boat around and pay the freight all the way back or right. what? And and that, again, and look, i got to let you go, but again, that's one of those things where it, it if I was, you know, you want to be in the Asian market, you want to be in the Chinese market because that's, 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 that's where it is, right? It's billion-plus people. You want to be in that market, but... There definitely are disadvantages to uh, dealing with the Chinese. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Life should be enjoyed. Not one moment should be wasted worrying about your insurance coverage. Hi, I'm Sarah with Wisconsin Insurance Center, your local Pekin insurance agent that has you covered with auto, home, business, and life insurance. We also offer RV and motorcycle coverage. Let us put our Pekin beyond the expected service to work for you. 
For more information or to request a quote, contact us at Wisconsin Insurance Center online at Wisconsin. Closing time. Oh. I'm Eternal, and this is Wisdom. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. Thanks to my love to Anna. We'll talk tomorrow right here on WIZM. Hey, it's Brewmaster Joe from Pearl Street Brewery. We're going on 20 years as a local small business thanks to your support. So we make sure the local bars and restaurants and their families get the support that they need. Join me for the 7th Annual Tour to Pearl. Spend your time and money where it counts the most, close to home. All stages have cool deals, so download the Pearl Street Brewery app and register for just 10 bucks, and you could win thousands of dollars in prizes from Island Outdoors, 95.7 The Rock, and